All right, so here I am, folks. This is a, it's a December. When when you're hearing this, will be probably much after this, but it's December 26th when I'm recording this. I think in Canada it's Boxing Day. I don't know about in the UK if it's Boxing Day in the UK. I don't know. Do they call it Pajama Day in the US? Like like most of the time. Like today it's weird because it's a Monday. And like, uh, I guess I'll get in, this will be a meandering to t- talking episode as opposed to all the other ones. But, you know, I actually had the day off of work and, uh, so, but, but I, I got, so I could catch up some podcast work, but it really should be pajama day. Like, I guess, like, uh, no, I think a lot of people may be doing things. I'm, 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 I'm still in, I'm in, I'm in my, uh. Like a, a sweatpants and a sweatshirt myself, and it was nice. I really liked having Christmas Eve on a Saturday, yeah, uh, because that meant I didn't have to go into work, so I was able to get uh, some stuff. Actually, this was I'm in. Uh, this might seem like I was able to wrap presents for the first time, not at like two in the afternoon on Christmas Day, or be like, could you please wrap these presents for me? I think, no, I think that's not true. I think it's the first time I've wrapped presents before night fell on Christmas Eve. Uh, but anyway, Christmas has passed, so we don't, like, I don't want to get too caught up in this because this will be removed, but just wanted to give you a sense of where I'm at. And I know, like, uh, I don't know how many people are new and how many people are listening. <laughs> I don't know why that was, I don't think that was a Freudian slip, but that's actually true, like, uh, how many people are listening play video games or have interactions with video games or have heard my conversations about it? I don't even know if it's a, I guess video game is still the right console game, I think is what they're calling it now. No, because then if you played it on a PC, uh, but it would, or a gamer, I guess you could be a gamer. But this episode, I think, is going to be about my relationship with video games because as we do this, I'm very distracted. I mean, and actually, I'm right. I'm in the moment right now. But uh, there's a part of me, like I'm definitely at a crossroads here, and I don't like. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, because it's like uh, for the holidays. Uh, so I don't know if everybody knows. It's like, so I have a nine-year-old daughter, and her name is Sophia, and she lives with me part of like we co-parent with her mom. And so she lives with me half the time. And for for this, like, we started playing the Wii for a while, Sophie and I, and it was like a bonding time. And then she said, Dad, I just, my friends have this Xbox One, and I want an Xbox. And we sat down and we talked about it because I said, well, Santa can't bring an Xbox because that's like a... You know, it's a little bit pricey. And I said, it, I said, actually, like, it's more, you know, so it would have to be some sort of dual gift. And, you know, we had a parent-kid talk about it. And that was one layer. Like, if we want to dig into, I don't know if this is subtext or just peeling back the onion. So we have a parent and their child talking about, uh, like, uh, the child wants a video game console. And so you got to like figure out how you're going to pay for it. And then, you know, is this too much of a gift? Yeah, in my opinion, yes. But then we, you know, we solved these things. And it was also like, well, geez, are you sure this is what you want? Because this is probably, you know, the, the other gift. Let me just, like, I don't want to brag on like my gift giving ability, but it's pretty good. Some when I sometimes. 
And also, if my daughter's listening, like, so I talked to Santa, uh, and I said, Santa, I said, you know, because I had, I said, like, uh, I said, Colossus, like, what am I going to do about this? And then we, we, we brainstormed an, another gift idea, which is Archie Double Digest. I don't know how many people are familiar with the Archie comics. I'm not. I don't read Archie. They did a rerun, relaunch it. Mark Wade, the brilliant genius, uh, uh, did the first. I don't know if, if 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 that team's doing all the issues or they just did the first one. But I do read some comic books. Uh, like right now, I'm just reading a couple. Um, one by well, never. Mind, I don't want to get into it, but uh, check out Captain Kid. That's one. one. But um, what was I saying? So. My daughter's other gift from Santa Claus is uh, Archie Double Digest a week for every week for a year, a new one. Well, uh, you know, like, like, I don't know, she likes reading Archie Double Digests, you know, or Jughead or Little Archie or Betty and Veronica. I don't think I've ever, like, I don't have anything against it. Well, I do. Like, there's something about, like, uh, I guess this is something you should know about me if we're going to, if you're going to spend this time with me, something about the 1950s and me, we don't get along internally and it's not an aesthetic thing or, and I don't like, I associate Archie with the 1950s. Unfortunately I do. And I liked happy days. So I don't know when it went wrong or how it went wrong. You know, maybe something happened during a happy days marathon but and it's not like a matter of like, a, oh, like I just, this is like, it's not actually a conscious thing. It's something on some level of my being. Maybe my DNA is like the 1950s and me don't, we don't mesh. So that's why I don't read Archie. Uh, and I don't know what you'll say. Well, Archie's about the 1960s and I'll say, oh, sorry. Well, I'm also me and, <laughs> me and reality don't mesh clearly. All right, so the Xbox was a Christmas gift, but then I said, okay, well, I've been thinking, like, I've been, I'd already been looking into other ways to expand the podcast uh, without kind of creating a new workflow uh, to, to get people knowing about the podcast or, and I thought about Twitch and I said, oh, well, maybe like I'd like looked at starting a Twitch channel and maybe, I, I don't know at the time you listen to this, maybe we're in business now, uh, but I don't know. Maybe I didn't do anything, but I like before, like a couple months ago, I looked at it and, and they weren't allowing non-gaming content, but I, I, I'd like, uh, I've had an, uh, like a desire for a while to mesh the podcast with video gaming somehow. And so they said, well, this, if I get this Xbox and part of it could be trying to figure out what that means and what that would be like. And actually, as I tell you this, like I've kind of got a little bit better idea, but I don't know any of the mechanics of creating Twitch content when I'm recording this. Hopefully by the time you hear this, I am, uh, cause I know, I think I know the first video I would do the first gameplay video, which would be just like sleep with me, like a live video game edition. And I don't think that content would make it to the podcast uh, feed, but it, like, I don't know. We'll see. Like, again, I don't know at this time. And one of the big issues is this whole Xbox thing, or I guess I should say video games in, in general. So let's see. Where do we? Let me finish explaining here. You think that's it, though? So Santa did bring, or 
I know, I guess I brought, I don't know, so I have an Xbox One, the slim white one. And for me, like, uh, if you've been listening to podcasts for, okay, well, let me, oh, let me, like, set this up, too. I don't need to be, like, if you're listening to this and you play video games or you're a gamer, like, I think this will be, like, uh, it'll make sen- a lot of sense to you. If you don't play video games, maybe view this metaphorically or relatable. Uh, but this may cr- come across like a little bit. Uh, I mean, this would be like really uh, vulnerable in a different way because you say vulnerable about video games, you know. But I'm going to touch on addiction and obsession and stuff like that. And but it's not really a cry, cry for help or anything. Like uh, these are things I've like I've been dealing with for a long time. Uh, so maybe like if you don't play video games, you know, you could sleep because it's not going to be that it's like it's 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 not going to be super gripping vulnerability. But, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're awake, you say, oh, OK, well, I don't play video games, but I could see that with this and, you know, I can relate. Yeah, because I don't want to exclude anybody. I mean, most would be stories. But so. I wouldn't cla- like I'm a, I have an addictive personality, you know. No, I guess sober a couple of days over three years ago, three years and two days as I record this. Um, and I would never say I was a, a video game addict, but I'd say I definitely have uh, whatever that issue is. You know that I have an addictive personality, and I have like issues with delayed gratification and obsession, obsession, and escape from anxiety. And also control over creating my own anxiety and problems. Like, so that is all intertwined with video games. And, um, at some point I kind of had to like, uh, when the first Xbox came out, actually I had to say, well, no, like, like, and I was, I was in a relationship at the time and I kind of knew like it was Jesus, this X, the original Xbox or the relationship. And then the Xbox 360 came out. And I think when that came out, I was in pretty bad straits financially too. So it was like, uh, like I knew it was just a, like a, like a, like I couldn't handle it. I, I was too obsessive about, uh, which I would get into. So it's been a while. Like I own a Wii, which not the Wii U, the original Wii. And that one's tough to get obsessed about just because, uh, like, there's not super, I mean, I think there probably are some super immersive games that you could get lost in, but it's mostly like, you know, me and my daughter play it from Mario Kart or Lego-based games or we uh, Sports, you know, Olymp- there's a couple fun Olympic games. Raving Rabbids is fun, too. Actually, Raving Rabbids, those games are the best. I don't know, they probably have it for Xbox, so... And then I bought an original Xbox like a long time, maybe like six or seven years ago when the Xbox 360 was already out, maybe even when the new Xbox was coming out. But I bought it like modded, like with a hardware mod, I think just because they were so cheap. Like I got one on Craigslist for like 20 bucks because I, like I said, well, I deserve, I don't, I I think I was going to use it to like uh, not watch TV anymore. Um, and just use it like for, like I thought, like you could do some basic smart TV functionality on old Xboxes, uh, via this, it, it via this like media center kind of thing. Uh, but even then when I get the Xbox, uh, 
I played it at like a decent amount, but I, I didn't like descend into it. I think maybe this was like three years before I started the podcast. I, I don't know why I didn't like, uh, like, uh, it, I don't know, but, but it, it didn't become an issue for me. But, but I fear this new X, like, like I fear it. I don't think it will become an issue with this new Xbox. So let me think about the time. We got about 30 or 40 minutes. Um, I guess I could cover my, my childhood history with video games. And then, like, some of which I talked about. So I'll try not to overindulge in certain stuff. And then maybe talk about my issues, uh, like, addiction-wise and obsession-wise. And then my plan. There you go. That's kind of follows a nice structure. So, like, I've always been someone, even as a kid, who was obsessed with technology. And really, I'd like uh, technology and futurism and science fiction and computers. And, you know, I don't, I never developed the, the positive side of computer skills that would actually, you know, that I'd be making money or applications or stuff. But I always was like, really thought computers were cool. And my parents sort of always, since they have six kids, they always tried to balance like affordability with trying to get their kids like exposed to technology. And right around the time, the Atari 26, like, so I've been around long enough that there was this thing called the Atari 2600, which was like the first uh, console that like actually had some legitimacy to it. There was other competing ones in the years around that and a couple of new Ataris, but the 2600 was the main cartridge-based console, you know, until the original NES came out. So we never had an Atari 2600. The kid across the street from me had it. And actually, it was pretty basic technology-wise. I mean, even for that time, it was pretty cutting-edge, but there was only so much you could do with the technology. So the games could get pretty repetitive and, and irritating. Uh, but instead of buying an Atari 2600, my parents bought us a Texas Instruments computer, the TI-99-4A, which was uh, actually like a brilliant move because the TI-99-4A was actually, I don't know the specifications, but it seemed to me more powerful than an Atari 2600. And it had, uh, like, it had basically, like, similar arcade games. And some of them were licensed. Like, we had Donkey Kong. Uh, then they had, like, generic versions of, uh, instead of Pac-Man, they had their own Pac-Man. I don't know what they called it. And then instead of Space Invaders, they had uh, TI Invaders. They had a spelling and a typing game. Uh, they had a game, and then we had this game called Parsec, which I mentioned before, which was kind of like a space game, and it was awesome. Like, that was definitely, as far as I can remember, the best game we had, and really challenging, and, and just a cool game. And I feel like we all, me and my siblings, like, we played it, and we maybe we obsessed about it when it was new, and then we would still play it pretty often, or we'd get a new game. We didn't have a ton of games, but we definitely were lucky that we had them. And there was a couple text-based games we had. And then my mom even had, like, a, a more advanced game that you had to hook up a tape recorder to it because it didn't have a disk drive. And I remember playing this one pirate uh, text-based game that was really cool. And so that was the TI-99-4A. And then the next thing to come along at our house 
Uh, there's probably like uh, like computer was uh, like a computer, a CGA computer. I don't know what I think those were called 1044s, maybe. I don't know. It was like a PC clone. And with that is when I got into adventure games. So this would have been like middle school, like late grammar school and middle school, I'd say. And then even into early high school. And so mostly on that, I played adventure games by Sierra, uh, by R R Roberta. Um, uh, okay, how embarrassing. But games like Space Quest and King's Quest, Roberta Williams, and Police Quest, like these uh, adventure games. And those were great. And those I would be obsessed with, like... Because with an adventure game, you're trying to solve the puzzles and, and, and get past things. And so I just usually keep playing the game until I beat, 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 beat it, like finish the story. And I would definitely like lose like hours and hours and, you know, lose sleep staying up and, and playing these games. But it also brought me a lot of joy. And it was like during the summer when, you know, like it brought me a lot of distraction, uh, and then, at the, the, like, I think at some point in, in middle school, I met a couple of their kids that like to play computer games. And we, we would play, my friend Charlie had this really sweet Apple II GS, so we would play games at his house. And uh, then we would go to the mall and we'd go to the arcade. Uh, but really for me, like, playing video games, when it was obsessive, it would be like a solitary uh, experience of, like, just trying to get through the adventure games. Though my friends Charlie and Pat, and sometimes our buddy Rick, we would play some of the like I think Space Quest Two, and I don't know if they had Space Quest Three, but we played that together and just like as a team, and like uh, I think we played it for like four or five days straight and tried to you know conquer that game. Uh, then the like that's when the Sega Genesis and the uh, Nintendo the original NES came out, and and that like would be that's a whole different story for another day. Uh, but with the NES, that's when I became like obsessed. Like I could just play all night, or you know people would tell me things and I wouldn't hear them. I'd confirm, you know, just like like a lot of people like uh, get into the zone. And it would cause me mood swings or I'd be, you know, like I wouldn't share, you know, the video games with my siblings and that became an issue. And it's a story for another time. But at some point, you know, we just like, I think we only had a Nintendo. We had the Nintendo the year after it came out at my house with six kids. And we had it for about a month and then it was, uh, it went, went away because we couldn't handle it. Like I wasn't the only one obsessed with it. And then, uh, I think after that I discovered, like, uh, probably played a little bit more video games, but then, like, once, then, like, I got to, like, you know, 16, I, I didn't play, like, I probably played them, yeah, I don't know if I had, like, a time when I wasn't playing video games, but, you know, I discovered alcohol, so that could fill some of the, uh, the void inside of me or whatever, the anxiety that I was trying to escape into the video games for that helped smooth that out. I mean, it didn't work long-term, but you know, at the time. So then I, I like, let's see, I went to college and played some video games and computer games in college, sometimes obsessively, but never like, I never had a computer of my own then. So it was like usually in one of my roommates computers or something 
So years went by, and then uh, at some point, like, I live in California. I mean, I thought this would take, uh, I guess maybe I'll see what comes up. But then at some point, like, I got a computer, like a decent computer, like in the, like, early aughts, probably. Like, around the time, like, Half-Life, uh, like, uh, that period of time. I don't know. For gamers, you'd be like, okay. Um, like, Duke Nukem. I didn't really play Somebody gave them to me. But, like, uh, these immersive, these very immersive games. And that's when it was, like, a, and I had a combination of drinking and playing these games. Oh, and StarCraft. I, I can't forget about StarCraft. There's probably other games that have come up, too. But yeah, like where I would like, uh, like play these games on the computer, whether it was uh, StarCraft or uh, Half-Life or something else. And like I would lose, like I could lose days. Like, uh, I mean, I would probably sleep at some point and sometimes I wouldn't be drinking, but as soon as it like got appropriate, like I would be like like I had, like video games and alcohol were very co- closely combined for me, and I think at the time like I'd chosen like uh, it made I guess this ties in too like I'd made some poor choices as far as like out of fear, like I had started this furniture business like I'd got it like I'd uh, say I'd moved to California or moved north northern California. I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and at first I was um, temping, and then I got, like, a decent job installing ergonomic workstations, but I was, like, frozen with fear. Like, I mean, I was going through, like, a pretty deep depression, too, at the time, but, um, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I didn't know, like, what I should do next, and I had a job that was probably paying me uh, like, like $15 an hour or something, which at the time, like, uh, it'd be a long time till I made that money again, ironically enough. But, and it was just like, uh, it was a decent, decent enough job. And then I got this opportunity to like start this furniture business and it was like directly selling furniture. Like, like, uh, I don't know. I got into it cause someone was like, oh, this is a great opportunity for you. And, and, you know, they, they, they were close to somebody I knew and they were like, this would be the easiest. And I always wanted to be a writer or like, like write movies or TV shows or do something creative, like, like the podcast. And they had like said, well, this furniture business, this is perfect because it's like, it'd be like, uh, like it'd be easy money. That, that was the thing. And it was like, you, you know, like you sell this furniture Furniture sells itself, and it's your own business, so you set your own hours. But I never was into selling things, and I was never comfortable, and I'm not driven by money. I mean, I need money and stuff like that, but, like, the whole idea of, like, trying to get someone to buy something and then negotiating and then, like, being like, well, I got to get up today and get the Like, I'm more motivated by fear than uh, than money. At the time, I definitely was. And it wasn't fulfilling for me, not that it couldn't be for some someone, because it's like, oh, geez, you're getting the people these really nice uh, things. You know, it, it was like, but it just wasn't for me. And I was so unhappy and so lost. And, and I, like, I was just in this place of, like, uh, convincing myself that this, like, 
that I could be happy in it if I could, like, just, you know, do fix the right parts of myself, you know, or make the right adjustments. You know, it's like the old square peg and round hole thing. When really you just got to be like, well, this peg doesn't fit in this hole. Like, the whole time my gut was like, this is a bad idea. And to show how stubborn I was, I, like, stuck it out for, like, six years and, like, ended up, like, like in bankruptcy. Like, like it did not end well. And I think it also, like, it ended up in, like, uh, like financial and internal bankruptcy. Like, uh, but in, in, in the ashes, the phoenix does rise. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not a, it's a story of hope. Uh, but, you know, with these periods where the lights are out. Uh, so w- when I was getting re-obsessed with the video games was during this period where I was, like, in this, I was depressed and I was afraid and I was, like, uh, burrowing deeper down the wrong hole. And so, uh, like, alcohol and video games became this, like, dual place for me to escape. And uh, and what was weird, or what's kind of like, when you look back at it, even at the time I knew this was happening, is it also, is like, uh, uh, I mean, I think this is, like, gets into this, like, like Freudian stuff of, like, uh, it also created anxiety. It was, like, a way for me to escape anxiety, I thought, uh, but by only but 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 by controlling my anxiety by create being the master of my own destruction in some sense, or slow descent, uh, because one if you're in a relationship with someone and you're like playing a lot of video games, I mean I would normally play it at night, or like try to convince myself, oh well she's watching this movie, I'll play this video game, or while she's asleep, I'll play this video game, and drinking too much as any or as any addict might know. You know, the, like being addicted to something creates a lot of anxiety and and a lot of uh, makes your living your life a lot more difficult. I mean, eventually, like I realize, oh wait, no, it's making my life impossible. But it takes a while to realize this kind of stuff. Uh, but so, um, where was so? Like I was escaping through Half Life or, or Starcraft, and actually, I don't have. I guess, like, StarCraft I have positive memories of, so maybe, but but Half-Life, I guess I kind of think of that, and I really associate it with being down and lost. I mean, maybe because of the theme of the game, too. Or maybe it's just because StarCraft's kind of easier. Like, StarCraft's more compartmentalized, where you kind of, uh, like, StarCraft is a game kind of like Risk, but in space is the best way I'd describe it. Way more advanced than that. And way more interesting, but like, uh, like it's more contained. So it'd be like, oh, I'll just do this one, you know, part, play this one game. It was like packaged into games and then I'll stop. But like, uh, Half-Life was kind of like an adventure game where you're adventuring in this and going to other, at some point you went to other planets, but you're mostly investigating, um, uh, this place used to work. Uh, you're just, you know, going around and checking it out. And um, I don't know. But so what was my point? So it was a dark time for me. But I guess like, uh, I don't know. It's t- like I can't, I guess I try to look at it back at it neutrally too to be like, geez, did the video games. I don't know. It just became at some point, like it became like, like I wasn't present. I, was, I wasn't doing a great job in the relationship I was in. And I was still like, like addicted to alcohol, so I wasn't about to stop drinking. 
And I said, well, geez, if I stop playing, if I get, get off of video games, uh, if I get off of games, maybe that'll solve my problems because I'm having like every, like every step I take, I take step five steps backwards. And part of that was in the truth. I said, I can't control myself like with these games and, uh, like I'll stay up all night and, and, or stay up to like five in the morning playing and then try to get some sleep and then, you know, uh, obsessively play and then eight hours will go by and then I've got nothing done or wh- whatever. It was, it was like, I couldn't control myself. And, uh, and believe it or not, I was like trying to, to take care of, like I was trying to deal with these issues and I mean, I think in reality, my biggest issue was alcohol, not video games. Uh, but like, uh, I had to, you know, we have to walk the path and the, like, or whatever. I mean, in this case, that was what I had to do was walk this path. And I think I like part of it was like, well, I'm just going to camp here. And it's like, we only took two steps and it's like, but, but, uh, you're, you're out there and you're, you're, you're going somewhere. You're, like at the time I just didn't know it or I didn't, and I didn't know how lost I was. But so at some point in there, I said, okay, I can't play these games. It's clear I can't handle this. Definitely can't buy an Xbox or Xbox 360. And I think I'd banned myself from buying games but, but for the PC. But of course, you know, people give them to you. Like when you're at their house, they say, oh, like you play games? Like I, got, I remember like one of the last games I got was, uh, what I say was that, uh, that Duke Nukem, maybe it was, it was this guy, it was something else. It was like kind of silly. I don't know. It, it was like, it, it was, uh, it, I don't know what the name of the game was, but, uh, I think they tried to make it into a movie and they even tried to make a reboot. So maybe that was, I don't think it was, I think it was something else, but I can't remember. In that game, like it was really challenging and over the top. So then, but that was the last one I played for a while. Or I guess when I say, wow, I mean, like, until, like, uh, like I kind of explained on the setup. So then, you know, I didn't play, like, I just avoided it, like, for a while. And then eventually, like, the furniture business, like, died on its own. Like, it got to, like, things got so, like, so bad, it became undeniable that uh, Jesus isn't working out. Uh, financially, like, it was like, there's no, like, this is like losing, losing, losing money. And, uh, like, I'm either I'm going to go down with this ship or I'm going to get off and admit defeat. And it was very liberating. I think it probably took like four years. I so held on. I mean, I guess this is like where you're like, man, sometimes time flies when you're checked out, like, because I held on for four or five years too long. I mean, I knew within a couple of weeks it was a bad idea, and I did it for six years. And I share that uh, for those of you that can relate to it, wherever you are on that. Um, because I think in some sense I had to do that. Uh, I mean, if I was taking my compassion and empathetic self and visiting myself in the past, I mean, I, I don't think it, you can't change the past. So I'd say, wow, this is a tough journey for you, little Andy. And you're just in the middle of it. And I wish, uh, you know, I could give you the power to, to, to listen to your gut and step away from this or to say this isn't working or to tell the people, you know, that you felt obligated to. She said, I don't, this isn't, this isn't a good opportunity for me or whatever. 
you know, but now I just carry, have to carry it forward. That was something I had to go through. And it doesn't like, uh, I mean, it's a, like a deeply, have a lot of feelings about it, I guess is what I'm saying. But if you're in the middle of something like that, um, it's tough. I know it's tough. And I mean, it's part of what drives me to keep making this podcast, but it's also where this podcast has come from. And, uh, and it also helps me inform my decision-making now. And sometimes I make good choices and sometimes I make wrong choices. Uh, but even when I started the podcast, it was a matter of like setting points for me. Like, uh, and I know it's important for me now to like have, have spots where I stop and reflect and discern, is this the right thing for me? And should I keep doing it so I don't repeat the mistakes of the past? Or am I acting out of fear or anxiety or depression? Or am I acting? And then also I, I, get, I have help, the professional help that I use or groups, you know, around addiction that I use. And people outside of myself that I talk to or even now, I mean, away from, like, uh, I think that's one thing that people like... Uh, like everyone's so busy about networking, but it's like connecting with people and just asking, geez, I, I'm going through this. What do you think? Uh, and then having them give you their perspective, whether wherever they are on their progress, whether it's making podcasts or, or whatever. Uh, so like, so I stopped playing video games probably or games for a while. Um, I don't know how many years. And then, uh, my daughter came, we had my daughter, and then I think it was like after she was born, um, at some point I was like, well, I think that we had been out for a year or two. And I think like, I was like, Jesus, that seems like a less intense thing from what I could tell about the Wii. And I, my wife at the time, I said, well, shoot, we could probably play it together. And it seems more fun. And maybe I wouldn't be crazy about it. And that ended up being true. Like, yeah, well, no, 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 actually. Ended up being kind of true. I think there was times uh, I did like uh, play, play that thing when it first when you first get a game. I think that when you know you're obsessive, when you say, "Well, uh, like if I was on vacation, I would definitely play that thing for, till like four in the morning, uh, obsessively, and then pounding drinks and stuff like that." Uh, but I guess like the games would like. Uh, the games, they just had less of repeatability or they were just less like, uh, like playing like Olympic games. Once you figure out how to, like you kind of get burned out uh, of the futility or you figure it out instead of being like adventure based or quest based or campaign based where you're trying to accomplish all these goals and there's a lot to accomplish. And in the back of my mind, even right now, I'm like, when am I going to get back to that game? that I've been playing on this Xbox or the, the games, you know, but the, we didn't become an issue for me. And then even at some point, not that long, maybe two or two years ago, I started buying games on eBay for me and my daughter to play together. And I even tried a couple other games, like no more heroes, which was pretty fun, but I never got like totally where I couldn't stop playing. And then at some point, I got, like three years ago, I got sober, I stopped drinking, and uh, and I had the Xbox before that too, the original Xbox. But again, I didn't get too lost in that. I mean, it would probably stayed up some nights, but it would only be, it would be on the weekend. 
Like where in the past it would be like in a work night, you can't be staying up till four or five in the morning playing a freaking video game. You know, single, so it was like, uh, like it would be the nights my daughter wasn't with me. So, I mean, it takes some nuance to say that's less sad, but it is like when it's uh, when it's like, okay, well, this is just, uh, but so whatever. Like in the past few years, like I've gotten, come to grips with uh, some of my shortcomings and taking more and more steps to, to, to grapple with those things. And one thing the podcast has taught me more so than uh, sobriety, but I wouldn't have learned it is like that all of this is processed and based or journey based or whatever. I don't know. And, and I, I am one that I'm thirsty for outcomes and certainty. And, and so I can understand, I mean, maybe that's why I like video games, like uh, or games, like, but yeah, like when it comes to all this stuff, it's like, geez, I just want to know that everything's going to not be okay or okay. I don't care which one. I just want to know definitely, you know, is this, is this going to happen or is it, is it going to be bad or is it going to be perfect? Uh, but now like the podcast has taught me, oh no, there isn't like, maybe there aren't like, you can have goals and you can be headed to a destination I mean, but making a podcast three, three days a week, it's a, it's a journey. Uh, and it can sometimes the journey can be a slog, and, but it's like you're building the train as the train is moving. I mean, I guess like Snowpiercer, like the first whoever built the tracks, if the train was already going, like where the train's circling the globe. So you got to keep putting the track down or maybe the track repair. They didn't have that in the movie, but... Uh, but you know, like looking at like this podcast, I have goals and I have new ideas to test out. Like I said, with this Twitch idea, but anytime I get caught up in getting certainty or being like, okay, well, I have to accomplish this. Usually uh, like those can be good things and they can be, I think it's guideposts is a better way to look at it or, uh, stops or, or places you're headed destinations versus, uh, What's the difference between a destiny? Like, we're stopovers. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm seeing life way more as a process based thing than a results based thing. I guess because in the great, I heard this when Craig Mason and John August talked about it, and I was literally quoting them last night to somebody. Like, Craig, they were talking about, like, they do a podcast, script notes, uh, things interesting to screenwriters, screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters. But, they, you know, this, so they give a lot of letters about, geez, what am I going to, what's it like, how am I going to know if I'm going to make it, or what do I need to do to make it as a screenwriter, or, you know, stuff around that. And Craig was very adamant about this and in such a wonderful way. He said, you know, when you make it, and John was kind of backing him up and using examples if you make it as a screenwriter, they were saying to their audience, when you make it, it's going to be nothing like you imagined it is. And they're saying, you know, not in a good way or a bad way. It'll just be nothing like what you think it's going to be like. And maybe to kind of prepare yourself for that, or if you're in the process of making it, to know that that's true. And especially if you're writing screenplays, you're creating fiction, you know, what you think it's going to be like when you make it is a fiction that you've kind of created a fictional destination for yourself. And the real destination, well, one, it's not a destination at all. It's like a place you're traveling through or along 
or the vehicle you're traveling. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it's going to be so much different. And part of it might be more wonderful and part of it might be, you know, just different. And part of it might not be as good. I, I don't know what, what I was saying about that, uh, but that just, it's a destination thing. I guess is my point versus a process based thing. What does this have to do with video games? Well, now I'm in the process of grappling with this in all honesty, this desire and just obsessively polite to be like, okay, I got to get past this next campaign level here. Or, I don't know, it brings me some sort of visceral pleasure, but I think it's also like a visceral pleasure based in some kind of pain for me. Um, like a, like, like, a, like a toothache. And when you like kind of move your tooth, when the toothaches, like video gaming for me is a bit like that. Uh, and not all like, that's just one of the shades in there for me. And so now I'm faced with this thing and ideally I'll have these times I play with my daughter and we share that together. And then I say, geez, well, maybe like if I'm going to have this thing and I want to use it, like maybe one way I can use it is to promote the podcast or to expose the podcast to a new audience. Because uh, that's something we need to, you know, keep doing. And this is a this is a new way to do it. And it's also a new challenge. It's like, could I creatively game and l- like use lulling, soothing tones? Uh, but then for me, and I guess this is good in the journey sense and the data collection sense, is can I say no? Can I, am I at a point in my life now where I can control myself? Like, can, can I stop myself? Can, can I stop and go to bed? Can I get my podcast work done and then play? And then also stop myself? Because otherwise I'd just play till two or three in the morning. I mean, also, how tied is this to, 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 for me to my addictions? I don't know if it's, it's just parallel. Maybe it's just parallel or not. Like, we will see. I mean, I think I've been, you know, I've had it for a few days, you know, because I got it set up for Christmas. And I, ma- I managed to, you know, get, get, get to bed both nights. And so I said, well, and can I come up with mechanisms? Say, well, you know, if you clean for 15 minutes, you could like the, the, I mean, I do need to treat myself like a child. And I think I will need to like impose limit, like, uh, limits on myself because I can't, I do have behavior control with issues with my behavior and my obsessive nature and my need for gratification and escape and avoidance of pain. But can that be a good thing? Like, this is, this is for me, this is the stuff of my life. And these pixels and bits are part of what make it up. And I guess it's exciting in some sense. Like, geez, I could have these new treasured memories I can form. I have this new creative test I can do. And wow, can I come to grips with some of my limitations and and manage them and say, okay, well, yeah, if you clean for 15 minutes, you could play the Xbox for 15 minutes later. Um, like, can I parent myself? And I guess, can, can I do it with dignity and respect? And then maybe even bigger than that is, can I have fun? Uh, instead of being this thing that's a toothache, a pleasurable toothache, can this be a, a form of fun recreation or can I do it with other people instead of isolating myself uh, and obsessively completing these conquests or whatever? 
And these are open-ended questions on the journey I'm on, I guess, which is what's interesting. And I think, like, by the time you hear this, I don't know, I'm pretty confident. Uh, I mean, I have a lot more to lose uh, after these three years of uh, working on the podcast and uh, maintaining my sobriety and being, you know, doing my best to be a good parent uh, and, and then a good podcast host, like, and build community around the show. Like, if I was to vanish, you know, uh, into the video games for, like, eight hours a day, you know, I couldn't maintain those commitments that bring me so much, you know, that give my life meaning. But learning about ourselves and, I don't know, like, like I guess, like, that's, it, for me, it's like, wow, like, <laughs> This this is complicated. It's both life is both like simple and complicated, right? And it's like it's a par- it's very paradoxical. But it's like how much pleasure can I derive from parenting myself and 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 uh, and expanding outside my comfort zone? And I guess like being a grown up for me that's always been a hard thing. And I think this is like an overplayed thing because, uh, but I think it's overplayed because a lot of adults. A lot of males my age and uh, in my age range, we struggle with it. And I don't know if that's been a historical thing or it's just a generational thing. But it's nothing to be ashamed of. It, it is like, uh, I don't know, it's so much better when we can take a curious eye and uh, investigate and delve into it. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Uh um, I guess this was really deeper than I thought it would be. I was like, thought I'd just uh, talk about games. Uh, but really I was talking about like, I mean, maybe you got to know me a little bit better and, uh, you know, I hope it was, if you, if you're with me here, that, uh, you know, put you at ease, uh, like, uh, like hearing about my journey and that a lot of time I'm lost on it and, I don't know when people share with me, they're uh, like, I, I can't go too deep into my deep, dark moments, you know, because this is a silly podcast. But when you share yours with me, uh, it does soften me on my view back at my time and say, wow. Like, and when I say I've been there, I've been there in the deep, dark night and not known because it's pitch dark, which way to go and, you know, been afraid and wanted to, you know, and, and not even wanted to. I'd just say, well, I'll just stay right where I am then. But even then you're moving somehow. You're, you know, you're like, maybe that's the force of evolution within us or the power of life or the power of spirit or whatever you want to call it, the force. And it's in you too. And even if I've never heard from you, and I mean this, I can feel it. It can feel that we have some kind of connection And I'm glad we do. And I appreciate you listening to this show. And I want to wish you a good night. Thanks.